right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, fine folks, welcome back into the No Laying Up podcast. We are glad you are here. My name is Randy. We are going to preview this weekend's Chevron Championship, the first major of the year on the LPGA Tour. And joining me today to help me do that, two of my associates, Mr. Tron Carter, TC from Florida. How are you today, sir? Big, I'm great. Great to be here with you. Great to talk some LPGA. And also joining us, Mr. Cody McBride from uh, the DFW, the Plex. Cody, how are you? And I think you're going to be driving over uh, a couple days early in the week to to the Woodlands. Good morning, Mr. Big. Excited to be here. Thank you again for having me on your your wonderful show that we have here. I'm excited to get some professional golf going in Texas. It's a state that doesn't have enough professional events. I'm just kidding, of course. Oversaturated with professional events, but I'm happy. To, yeah, go down and attend the first women's major of the year down in Houston. Looking forward to it, buddy. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, we'll get into this a little bit, but I have never seen the course. TC, I believe you've never seen it. Cody, you've never seen it. Uh, I, I think one of the big storylines this week will just be, how is the new venue? This is the first time the Chevron uh, will be in Texas at Carlton Woods. We'll get into all that, but uh, certainly a big part of this weekend. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Titleist, the number one ball in golf. Since we've partnered with Titleist, it's been great to learn the extent to which the number one ball in golf is true. The presence and trust on the LPGA Tour is incredible. We're talking almost 80%, guys, 80% of players every week on the LPGA playing a Pro V1 or Pro V1X model. And it's going to be the same story this week at Chevron. Past champions in the field this week include Jennifer Cupcho and Jin Young Ko, who play the Pro V1. Patty Tavitanikit, Lydia Ko, they trust the Pro V1X. So whether you're looking to flight the ball in the winds of Texas with a bit less spin or want a higher trage with more spin to hold greens, Titleist has a golf ball that fits your swing and your game and delivers the tee to green performance and consistency you need to play your best golf. Find the right ball for your game by visiting Titleist.com. That's Titleist.com. Yeah. Hey, TC, you want to know about uh, somebody playing and controlling their spin in Texas wind? Mr. Big made an appearance in the DFW a couple weeks back. Had a, an amazing morning out with uh, our good friend Bob over at Stevens Park. And I cannot, I cannot say this clear, any more clear. Randy's golf game is like at a different spot. I don't quite know what's going on with it, but he, he is, his driver is coming out in a window that I've never seen him hit before. He's controlling his iron shots. His, his wedge game is incredible. He's making putts. That Unbelievable. We, oh, come on. I think he is. Stop I think that's why he's been like hiding secretly? away. I think he's getting a ton of screen golf time in. I think he's been beating up like his physio up in Denver. Like that's why he's been so quiet about everything. He's just coming out to take out some throats this year. Randy, what ball are you in? I'm in the Pro V1X. You know, me and me and Lydia and Patty T. We we all have pretty similar and games, me. I'd say. It's okay. You're in the Pro V1X? I need I need what? that spin, man. 
TC, what are you? The the regular Pro V1? I'm in the regular Pro V1. I, I need less. Which is incredible because yeah. TC and I have the exact same numbers on everything. I don't I don't really understand how we got there. That's beside the point here. Trying to get my launch up my spin TZ, down. Biggie tried to hit a shot off of a downhill lie with like probably like a 50-foot grass wall in front of him. He was probably like 180 yards out from the green, and he he, he thought that he was going to be able to get the five iron up in time. I wanted to trust the new Titleist equipment. That, that you know, I I'm was, surprised you even have a five iron. I thought you would have a, like a five hybrid. Listen, the the, no, I, the shot was not successful. Did not get up in time. But he had that much trust in his equipment that he was like, "Hell yeah, why not do it?" And I'm like, "You probably should hit a sandwich to clear this wall." But we figured it out. Is is Stevens Park the the uh, no? Tilly that's design? Uh, Cedar Crest. Stevens is the one that has like the square okay. greens. Okay, so it's still yes. classic design. Okay. Stevens is sweet. I first time I saw it, the greens and the surrounds need TLC. But man, if if they if they get the greens right, that that place is wonderful. Just a, a great mix of like long proper holes with some really short funky ones. It was it was really cool. They should have the the Byron Nelson out there, or the Volunteers of America. I hate LPGA to report this, event. but those are actually like new greens that were put in three years ago. I just think that they stink at growing grass. They have a. This is a weird thing that I've learned in in the city of Dallas is that their municipal golf courses are not really like they don't have superintendents on staff who like know how to grow grass. It's basically like just the the park service parks or whoever it is. Yeah, the yeah. parks and rec out there controlling stuff. And like when you have you know greens can go quick, and they've had a couple rough winters with with ice. And not very good grow like growing seasons in the spring, and this is kind of what you end up with. But hopefully they'll turn around because between Stevens, Cedar Park, it's uh or Cedar Crest, excuse me, they're two awesome munis in town. Oh, and I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you saying nice things about my game, Cody. That that means I'm just a lot excited to, to be on a um, podcast so we can talk about golf. So yeah, no, <laughs> nobody's saying nice things about Bob's terms game. No, but he did move it a lot further than I thought he did. Bob's got an elegant game. I, I love, you know, both of us are big guys that just don't really use our height at all to our advantage in the golf swing. But he's he's wonderful company. All right, enough about enough about Dallas. Enough about our our golf game. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on. Maybe we touch on a little LPGA stuff. It's been a couple weeks, and then obviously turn our sights to the Chevron and in this upcoming weekend. I think uh, the big news going on right now, I should tell folks we are recording this on Friday, April 14th because of travel purposes. So we are literally halfway through the uh, the tournament going on out in Hawaii. So we don't know who's going to win that. What we do know is Georgia Hall is is keeping up her run of good play. It's crazy. Uh, the, yeah, it, it really is. A couple of runner-ups her last two starts, and she's in contention again. I would just, I'd like to say what, what we expect out of Georgia Hall's game, okay? I think I, I called this in the preview. I said her and her, her country, what would it be? Country woman? Country, I, think, I think country woman. Okay. Country woman so yeah. country woman, I mean, both Hall and Hall, Charlie, they, both of them needed to step up and do some big things this year. And Georgia's been, uh, we, we talked about what she, all the work she put in in the offseason, crushing, trying to get stronger, 
traveling all over the world, trying to get reps in when it was cold back home in England. And, you know, she's coming out hot. I, I hope that she continues this form into Chevron because if there is one person right now that's hot, like riding all this momentum, it's definitely her. I mean, Charlie's come out, you know, stunting on people too, just on the gram more so than on Well, yeah, she stunts all over everyone. <laughs> on it. Charlie stays stunting. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's why we love her. Uh, not a great field this weekend in Hawaii. I think that's probably to be expected. Just some tough logistics going from Los Angeles out to Hawaii and back to the Houston area in consecutive weeks. But TC, I know you were saying this Wednesday through Saturday that, that the Hawaii tournament yeah, used. You, you're a huge fan, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, we're two rounds. You know, it's Friday morning right now. We're two rounds into this thing. Scores are higher than they've been in years past for this event as well. This one's been like a complete turkey shoot the last few years. And, uh, you know, a lot of, a uh, lot of like high seventies, even, even like 10, 12 shot spreads between rounds, which is crazy. I mean, there's a, there's a few, like a 71, 80 bunch of high rounds for so I'm assuming it was splits related um for sure the cover the wind is whipping in the afternoon i i I like feel bad for them at times huge o kim 68 78 that's sick yeah like you know love a good draw love a good good uh tale of two two rounds so different story than than previous years for this event linea strom playing well pernilla Lindbergh playing well nasa continues her her strong play so uh randy when does does everything lock in for the for the international crown. Ooh. We, ooh, TC, come on. We, we Everything's locked in already. Wait, it's already locked in? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Locked in after uh, LA Open. Oh, I thought they had like this week or, or next. Okay. No, no. So yeah, we're 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 locked in. The teams are set. We Outside uh, of one expected WD that, that will happen. We expect to have an official WD on the, the Swedish team that will come later in the year because Lynn, she's only withdrawn from the Chevron so far, but uh, that'll be the only change that we see. I did see that on Twitter this week, yeah. which, I mean, how silly. Like, uh, like Arbitrary uh, timelines now for no fucking right? reason at all. Our country's like, all right, we're going to open up to non-vaccinated foreigners in how, you know two weeks past that date. Or, or whatever, like what? Like what's the fucking difference? I don't know. And I mean, you think there would be a little bit of a difference too? Like, I'm sure they they're not coming in on like tourist visas. They're they're probably coming in on work visas. There has to be some difference between it all. Yeah, maybe Cody, you could you could work on that. Maybe hit up your sources. Yeah, Con- yeah. Cody, you got contacts at the State Department. Yeah, I'll just I'm gonna send Condi an email and say, please explain this to me from your experience. Okay. Condi's in the all private right. sector now. Yeah, but I mean, you can't. She got history, man. The knowledge doesn't go away. One other person I'm I'm excited to see playing well this week, Brooke Henderson. Uh, mm. She she won the the season opening event down in Orlando, and then kind of a, a crappy run there. The the three events after that, missed cut, couple like fortieth, forty fifth place finishes. She's currently T uh, eleven minus three, and hopefully hopefully getting better. I feel like the Chevron. Should should suit her. We'll we'll talk about that more here in a bit. But before we turn away from Hawaii, because it's only like halfway through now, 
TZ, you brought it up, like, tough, tough, tough logistics here going from L.A. to Hawaii a week before a major and then trying to get settled down into Houston. Do it's only going to get tougher. <laughs> yeah. Do you think, like, I mean, I understand this is a scheduling question, but game-wise and game prep-wise, the people who are sitting this event out have to be, I mean, it has to be a benefit from them. You just get so used to, like, hitting different shots and when you're playing in this much wind and different grasses and, and like trying to to figure out elevation and then thinking forward to Houston, you add in completely different temperature with humidity and probably not a lot of wind. I mean, it, it, you would think that when I look at the names of, you know, Nelly and Lydia who are sitting out this week, it has to be way more beneficial for them. To be fair, I think Hawaii and Houston this time of year, probably relatively similar temperature and humidity. Maybe a little bit more humidity in Houston, but, you know, definitely more wind in Hawaii, but both at sea level as well. Um, yeah, I, I just think travel-wise, you know, I guess that's why they're they're ending on a Saturday, so, you know, everybody can can fly eastward. That's what, s- four hours, five hours? I think, oh, time zone difference, you mean? Yeah, um, yeah I, I think, think at least four yeah. The flight, you know, if you get it direct to Houston, it's probably uh eight, nine hour flight, I would imagine. You gotta think they're all flying United too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Cody, to your point, like the worst case would be to make that long flight out to Hawaii, you know, maybe catch a bad draw, get stuck in the wind, shoot a high score, miss a cut, and then immediately turn around and, and take that, you know, eight, nine hour flight back to Texas. Doesn't quite seem worth it for for the world-class players uh i certainly understand it and also i think it creates a good opportunity for you know everybody else it's 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 an opportunity like uh i think there's a monday qualifier tied for that was tied for the 36 hole lead um there's a rookie and so yeah you know those those star-studded names skipping the event it, it opens the door for other people which kind of an good. interesting spot to have an event to Awa Beach. Like that's like kind of east, or uh, that's kind of outside of Oahu or uh, Honolulu. Kind of up on the the uh, up on the coast there, kind of opposite side of town from Waialai and all that stuff. It's it's a little bit more isolated up there, and um, yeah, I don't know. I've just never gotten a great sense of this event. I guess. I, I'm with you there, TC. I'm 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 with you. It always just feels kind of bolted on. It never feels like it's in a spot necessarily on the calendar that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, be be curious how they handle the schedule going forward. Would not be a Hawaii event, of course, without Rolf on the call. He's been a pleasant surprise this week, and he seems to be getting pretty loose with it. I don't know how much coverage you guys have watched, but I mean, Rolf and out there just pulling out the same same catchphrases that you hear in January on the PGA Tour. I do worry about Rolf, you know, switching islands, right? He's he's a Maui guy. He's not he's not as much of an Oahu guy. Is he treated so. like a tourist over there? <laughs> exactly. A howler. All right, well before we get to the Chevron, should also mention since we've last talked, the LA Open at Palos Verdes was completed a couple weekends ago. Uh, Runing Yin of China won the event. Um, 
just by way of some quick biographical information, she's 20 years old. It's her first win on the LPGA Tour. She did have three China LPGA victories. Um, she's up to 32nd in the world, and I think Sheesh. more than that, she's cemented her spot on Team China at the International Crown. So I think somebody, you know, anytime we get a first-time winner that's 20 years old, it, it certainly sparks my attention. So we'll be very curious. We'll get to see her out at the International Crown, which will be fun, and then perhaps somebody to keep an eye on the rest of the season as well. I feel like Team China's coming. They're they're uh, they're definitely making their presence known a little bit. I'm curious to see what what they what they come with at the international crown. <laughs> like like Louis luggage, you mean, or you know, or <laughs> yeah, if, totally. if they're bringing yeah, what what kind of luggage they're bringing? Yeah, I mean that you know they've got 17 in the world, 32 in the world, and then they've got you know 181 and 251. So, so it'll be interesting to see if they've got the depth, the horses in the back, but. You know, I could see some some rivalries developing there. For sure. I, I think the, you know, we hear so much about South Korea, rightfully so. We hear a lot about Japan, Thailand. But, man, it seems like China over these next, you know, five, ten years could be a hotbed for, for women's golf. I can't remember who told um, me it, but, Randy, your, your guys' hitter there, Shenzhen. I mean, she retired, but now she's like the, the director or – program leader of the the Chinese national golf team you're right gosh I'm I'm apologizing it was one of our guests that we've talked to was was talking about that what a what an excellent person to head up a, a national team golf program um going back to Palos Verdes I really enjoyed that tournament that was it was a proper venue you had it was kind of an awkward driving course you had to you know, hit the middle of the fairway. Otherwise, like a lot of sloping fairways and weird um, kind of banks off the fairways. Um, yeah, and like just really exciting final round too. I think you know there was there was a 63, 65, 66. There was plenty plenty going on in the final round. Um, bum, Georgia didn't get it done. She uh, she was getting up and down from everywhere out of those bunkers, and then just kind of ran out of gas on eighteen there. Um, yeah. Yeah, we mentioned, uh, you know, uh, her second consecutive runner-up finish. Um, Patty Tavitanikit tied for third. I mean, we like that. We we do. I I don't know, Cody. Are we ready to say she's back, or are we is is it one of those things where it's like, shh, don't don't talk about it, don't mention it, you know, don't don't jinx it. Well, she appears to be like out there, and and she's found her game. I don't know mentally if everything's there yet. She's she's talked at length about like being able to see the ball finally going into the hole and having confidence and making putts. I don't know. I think this like Chevron is a big big week for her. Not only as like returning champion of the event, but somebody who like cl clearly has shown some pretty good form coming in and is seems to like I don't think she's back, but has definitely some good mojo on her side. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I I think this well, we'll we'll get to it. We got we got some. We're gonna do a few segments around the Chevron. You know, questions we want to see answered. We're we're gonna do a uh, kind of a draft of winners and and whatnot. And I have a feeling Patty's gonna be prominently involved there. 
Uh, I guess the only other things to mention real quick from Palace Verdes, Nelly continues her, her really solid play to start the year. She's got four top tens and five starts. And uh, Cody, you, you had to like Lucy Lee. A nice little performance, a little redemption for you after her tough start to the LPGA season. Thank you. I appreciate that. And yes, I mean, it was great to see her, you know, putting the ball in the cup, man. She seems to... She was in the mix. Yeah. She just, she had a bad final round, but she was in the mix before that, much more so than the leaderboard would indicate, too. It was a serious leaderboard. I mean, Danielle Kang, Nasa, Ataya, Lilia Vu, uh, Lizette. Took some time off from the AT&T commercials uh, at the Masters. <laughs> we got hit over the head with those. Maya Stark, Megan Kang, like it was, it was a, it was true hitters only up there. Yeah, NASA. I mean, I, I got to remember that for next year. This, this is she. She won last year, and then this year, obviously, was in the mix again. Uh, definition of true horse for course at Palos Verdes. But yeah, TC, as you were saying earlier, I think it's an excellent addition to the LPGA calendar. I like the course. I like watching it on TV. It's, it's some fun golf holes. Um, it seems like a good mix of like challenge, right? And and players can certainly make bogeys and, and go backwards, but also a lot of good birdie opportunities, especially if you're hitting the ball well and in control of your golf ball. It would be great if they could get these two LA events kind of synced up. Um you know, I know they're kind of using them as staging to go back and forth from Hawaii and that sort of thing and, like, buffers there, but it'd be, it'd be great to get the ladies, like, two weeks in L.A. or get one of them lined up against the, you know, Las Vegas event or something like that to really streamline the schedule a little bit more. Easier said mm -hmm. than done, though. So, all right, what else LPGA-wise before we dive into Chevron? Oh, did you guys see the LPGA dropped their newest all-access video? On uh, It's obviously available on their website. Uh, TC, why don't you start? I know you watched it. I think all of us watched it, but you were I think you were really impressed. Yeah, I've been really impressed just how they've gotten these turned around. I actually watched it again this morning. I thought it was – I had some some observations. I thought the – the narrative structure was better on this one. I, like I, I thought episode two was better than episode one, just from a storytelling and narrative structure perspective. I think the music still needs work. The music seems like weirdly turned up in spots, weirdly overdramatic in spots. Again, that's probably easier said than done. A couple of interesting observations. I thought Fosse saying we're, we, we're in the middle of nowhere uh, right off the top was probably, <laughs> uh, probably didn't make the, the host venue superstition mountain too too happy i thought the stuff with mina getting married on site there uh i think that was from what last year a couple years ago that was from the week prior to the event oh, the week prior okay lilia vu rolling up in a g-wagon yeah was, i had the same observation yeah. i was like g-wagon okay g-wagon like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Flex all right randy i think we need to get you one of those kb bank or the keb keb hana we need you we need to get you a hat or some some apparel like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, all the caddies sporting that stuff. Let's see what else. I love the equipment stuff with Leona. She was getting dialed with her her equipment. I thought that was fascinating. I like. I think Leona's very very interesting. It's just we, we often don't get kind of let in, and she's very quiet. And I think getting just natural on the ground, uh, kind of behind the scenes stuff with her was fantastic. More of that, please. And then yeah, Celine getting getting the uh, 
getting the job done at the tournament. Would love to see more of her in future episodes. I think she's, I think her story is probably undertold and she's just a really interesting player. Doesn't hit it very far, but um, just tidy. Yeah. Any comments on uh, Mina's husband slash caddy, Travis, his, his shoe obsession, the collection that he has and the overall uh, aesthetic that he kind of rocks? You're, you're the shoe guy. It seems like you've got some observations. Well, there. I was very impressed by their shoe and collection, of course. <laughs> long time Jordan, you know, fan. Are, I thought Cody, they had a, are you a, are you a sneakerhead? No, I wouldn't say that I'm a sneakerhead, but I appreciate it. Yes, you that. are. No, I appreciate the, you know, I appreciate Jordans. I, I forever was a kid who could not afford them. And then when I finally could, it slowly but surely became like, a thing of mine. And then as Jordan has slowly gotten into golf footwear, you know, I was a big proponent of it. Um, but now I love the, the foot joys that I wear all the time. So, uh, don't get to rock them as much as I used to, but, uh, incredible collection. I don't, I, I, I God, I don't know how people do that. I know in the, you hear this primarily a, a lot on the LPGA tour of player caddy, uh, relationships, whether they're, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, or there's not that many of them that are married and keep it in the same team. There's, a, of course, others that are married and, and work on the tour in other capacities and things like that. But, I mean, man, what a tough, tough situation where it seems like he, you know, Travis is part-time swing coach, part-time, you know, full-time caddy, full-time husband, full-time support system while they're rolling around Scottsdale at their home course that week at superstition mountain in their like, you know, Ford Raptor. Uh, it's just a lot, a lot going on. And I don't know how, uh, you know, I, I'd be curious to hear what your guys' thoughts on it all. And, and how do you control that relationship? Cause I mean, last week we talked a lot about for the Anwa, like Rose and her dad. Well, this is that kind of turned up a lot. I, I personally, I can't imagine having to work. I, I, I just don't, I mean, if it works for them, great, right? I, I don't want to like, this isn't a judgment of on course. Mina and Travis. From my perspective, though, I don't think I could do it because I just would, it, like, it'd be so hard to find an escape, right? You're, you're taking your your home stuff to the course you're taking your course stuff back home like when do you ever just kind of get to level set and hey let's find some common interests that aren't related to really both of our professions i i just think that would be so so difficult randy it is your worst nightmare yes, I mean, I, exactly i've never I, met anybody <laughs> who keeps their professional life and personal life more distinct and and i mean that as a compliment like you're very you're very disciplined and very like you know when you're off you're off i'm jealous of it of like i can't like my brain doesn't really work like that like like everything kind of bleeds together and uh yeah so it's 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 got to be a, like extra jarring for you to see yeah Oh my god! I'm glad you said. I'm like, yeah. I just that would be my worst nightmare. They seem to have figured it out though, and like that's where I wasn't necessarily saying that it was a negative thing. I think maybe they no. they could be like the models of how you make it work, and mm -hmm. it, it's just fascinating to to get a little glimpse of it uh, in this episode. The other thing that I was kind of caught me off guard and. I think the more that I thought about it, I'm like, oh, okay, and they mention it a little bit, but 
So Maria Fossey, part of this episode, which I think could be like one of the most talented women golfers of like definitely of our generation. And as long as she like one of these days, she's going to figure out like how to keep her driver on grass and realize like <laughs> how big of a weapon that truly is for her and shore up a little bit of like her short game and putting. And she's going to like just start winning everything. Cause she, she truly like could and probably should be dominating the women's game. The, she reminds me, sorry, yeah. I, TC, just cause I know you and I have kind of chatted. It's we're, we're getting up to like the NFL draft. Like she reminds me of somebody like an Anthony Richardson where just raw, yep. just, so many tools and you just think man if if she finds a way to put it all together yeah she's she's gonna she's she's kind of gonna like break break the mold i i think that's that's what you're getting at cody is she in, in the best case scenario if it all clicks for her i mean that combination of power and speed and athleticism like that we just it's not very common on on the tour right now. Yeah, and it was a fascinating like insight into her life. And obviously, in the episode, they talk about this is a different event for her because she has her family in town. Not only like her mom and dad, but she had aunts and uncles and everybody. And it was kind of this big week for them. And and not to spoil it for people, but she ends up missing the cut that week. And it's it clearly you can see her going through the emotions of that and weighing like, man, this sucks. Like I, I missed the cut, but at the same time I get to spend more time with my family who I don't really get to see that much. There was a house scene and I understand like NCAA basketball is going on right now, but the commissioner was there. She brought over pizza and it felt very like, why is the commissioner there until they explained that like, Hey, you know, during this round, Princeton and Arkansas are on the same side of the bracket. If both win, they're going to play the following night. Ultimately, that didn't end up happening, but I was like, huh, the commish making an appearance. I kind of liked it. Yeah, the, uh, you know, I'm sure the commish knew where, where the cameras were going to be. But, of course. Uh, the commish is a big sports fan. She was the AD at Princeton. I think something with Fossey is, like, she seems like one of those high-variance players where she's going to – you know, like it was like last year, she had a couple of solo thirds. She had a T7 at Pelican, but otherwise she had a lot of missed cuts too. She's going to be one of those players that, you know, she's going to miss 10, 12, 15 cuts a year. That's just the way it is. But it's, it's a matter of turning those, you know, solo thirds into a win or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and granted, one of those was, was the, the team event up in Michigan, but back to Mina for a second. Like, I feel like I was critical of, I was critical of her inclusion on the, on the Solheim cup team a few years ago. And I stand by that. I don't think she played particularly well. She got boat raced in singles and, and, you know, didn't, uh, I think she split her, her other two matches. She's 31, like, you know, but, but it was cool to see how much that week meant to both her and her husband. You know, as far as the experience and all that, and I think that's cool. But going down that list too, and this is this is nothing related to that episode, but I think it's probably a good segue into Chevron. Is Yalimi No was another captain's pick on that team, and it's like I'm kind of getting ready from like I think Yalimi needs to to step up to the plate. She needs to 
you know, like she was on the Solheim Cup team and has been mostly anonymous so far this year and really, you know, last year as well. Totally agree. Would would especially about the Yulimi part. Uh, she's somebody that I think we were all very excited about. She broke onto the scene young, uh, had some really good finishes. Like you said, was a captain's pick. I was expecting a lot more last year, and for her to kind of at least carry on that like not great form into 2023 has certainly been disappointing. Um, I was just gonna say on the flip side of that though, TC. Like Lilia Vu and getting a glimpse into like her personality in this episode, kind of what makes her tick. I, I was cracking up at like the Gen Z language. You know, she she's she's so young. I think she called her first tournament win in Thailand her first slay, which uh, <laughs> which I audible chuckle for me. I, I I dig that. But yeah, it's it's just interesting how. Yeah, we see it on the Ryder Cup on the men's side too. Just how much you know somebody's stock can wane or increase over the course of like two years between events, right? And I, I think Yalimi's somebody that's wouldn't be anywhere near the radar for Team USA this year. And Lilia Vu is going to play her way on and probably be one of the stalwarts, which you know a lot can happen in eighteen months or whatever it is. And it's interesting too. I mean, Lily is twenty five. She's been grinding since you know 2019 on you know Symmetra now Epson tour and and you know kind of has a lot more seasoning as a pro but it's just really interesting looking at at Yalimi's stuff because she did not miss a cut in a major her first what eight majors or nine majors 2019 2020 2021 she had the third at, at the Evian and then she missed four or five cuts in majors last year and so there's obviously something you know it's, whether it's some sort of swing change or there's, there's an adjustment period going on. Um, but you would think that that would have happened, you know, 2020, 2021, maybe she's trying to raise her game and make some tweaks and everything, but yeah, it's just a, just an interesting thing I'm rooting for. Yeah. And for people who might've missed it big people who want to get involved and watch what we're talking about here, please go to the LPGA website under their video section. You can also find it on YouTube. If you get on the LPGA tour channel, Everything's right there and excited for uh, what the next episodes are to come because I think they've done a really good job with them. I feel like they're going to get more and more interesting as the venues seemingly get better as the, you know, um, be curious to see kind of how how they structure the season. Like this one was, you know, this one was the Arizona event primarily. Um, you know, I'm curious to see if there's an episode coming out from Palos Verdes or you know, if they're doing one this week in Hawaii, kind of, you know, or if they're taking weeks off and kind of only doing select weeks. Yeah, I got to think they're doing select weeks. I was kind of thinking, I'm sure the next episode will be pretty heavy Chevron, if I had to guess, but I, I don't know that for sure. I'm hoping they, they dedicate an episode around the international crown too when we get there. I mean, I feel like these next like four tournaments are going to be, like those are the ones, right? Like, Chevron, Wilshire, Harding Park, and then Founders Cup. Like those are four great events and very good, you know, four in great golf courses. Uh, I'm sure they'll do one at Liberty National, you know, and then and then it'll be interesting to see how they go through the summer with it. Well, let's get to uh, let's get to the Chevron. Uh, we're gonna make some picks. We're gonna talk about the course. We're gonna hit on a lot of stuff. Let's let's start with some nuts and bolts though. 
The Chevron used to be the ANA. Last year, they, they switched over. It was the first year of the Chevron title sponsorship. And last year was also the last event in Palm Springs at Mission Hills. So th- that makes this year the very first event at Carlton Woods in uh, the Woodlands, just outside of Houston. They are going to be competing on the Mr. Nicholas signature course. They have a Fazio course and a Nicholas course there. Uh, this championship will be on the Nicholas course. Here's, guys, you want to hear about the course from, uh, from Mr. Nicholas himself? Oh, please. I quote, the course we have created at Carlton Woods takes full advantage of the beautifully wooded terrain in this area of the country. The club at Carlton Woods will test the purest, embrace those fortunate ones just beginning the game, and reward all with a memorable golfing experience. What more could you want, Cody, out of a golf course? Well, that says that says a lot there. What I do know about this place, <laughs> and we talked a little bit about it, is that like this is what people think of when you when you're looking for like your private country club to raise your family at that has like every amenity that you could possibly imagine. I guess this is just like that place in Houston. Like everything is pristine. The staff is that's incredible. The Woodlands like in general, right? Yeah, I think this is just kind of uh, we're gonna get a rare glimpse into inside of that world this week. Do you think Mr. Nicholas has been to the course before? <laughs> that's a great question. Probably. I, I, I mentioned this earlier here, and the only reason why I know anything about this is because there's a certain guy on Twitter who just beats people over the head about these facts. But the club at Carlson Woods, specifically the Nicholas course, hosted the 2014 USM won by Thrill Zalatoris, and he had a certain wow. he had a certain Twitter personality that does a lot of statistics on his bag <laughs> that week. So you're constantly getting insights into this. So if there is anybody who has uh, concerns or, or looking for uh, recommendations on how to maneuver your way around said Mister Nicholas course, you can probably dial that guy up. But I'm assuming. Uh, fades are welcome. Uh, quadrant <laughs> greens, elevated yes. runoff areas, like short grass runoff areas uh, off of said quad quadrant greens. I mean, like like Carlton Woods sounds like a Georgia Tech golfer circa 2005. <laughs> like it just sounds like a like a junior golfer that signed with Georgia Tech. <laughs> That's such a good pull. I love that. I love that. So I, I got I was trying to track down Cody. I think you might have a little bit more intel, but I was I, I asked a few people who have been there at various points, uh, just any little nuggets of information. Supposedly, right after the the completion of the tournament this weekend, they're gonna undertake a lot of work on the course. I don't know if it's like uh, I never know the difference between like a renovation, a restoration. I don't know exactly what they're doing, but my understanding is they're they're going to undertake a lot of work on the course. I don't know um, what they would what they would rest like restore <laughs> it back to. Yeah, right. They should do an un, an a uh, unsympathetic restoration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It opened in like what two thousand one or something like that. I think so. They're going to unnicholas the course that. <laughs> Barbara, you believe this? Do you know who's doing the work on the course, Biggie? No, I don't. But I have heard. Cody, Cody, do you? No, it was an honest question. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
No, I don't. I don't. I have heard, I, and I don't know if it'll be the case this weekend, but at, at least a few weeks ago, there was some concern about the amount of sand in the bunkers, guys. That might be something to keep an eye on. By, by uh, saying that, you mean like there's not a lot of sand, right? What I, what I was told Hell was yeah. there was a concerningly little amount of sand in those bunkers. Exa- Which I'm exact all for. same thing I heard, too, is that there's no consistency. Some of them are super thin. Uh, you're hitting bottoms, and the other ones are, like, super, like, dump trucks full of it. Uh, hazards truly playing like hazards. I think that's sick. That's kind of <laughs> like mean, Australia, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, all right, like, there's varying penalties based upon which bunker you hit it into. Cool. You wanna you wanna miss one short right? Cool. Like you're gonna you know what? Like all right, that's a popular one. That one's got a little bit more sand in it. You're missing long left. Don't miss back there. You know you can't miss back there. I'm always a fan of having less sanded bunkers than more, too. Yeah, and you guys know I'm I'm all for making bunkers legit hazards. You know. So is Mr. Nicholas. That's true. That's true. I think that's somewhere where he and I, you know, could could really find some common ground. I guess this place has some like wild runoffs. Like it's it's green complexes that are turned up. I so Stacy Lewis. I was going back. Uh, Stacy, this is kind of a, a true home game for her. She of course is the Solheim Cup captain this year, uh, and it's actually playing pretty well. So a really interesting spot, I think, for her. Playing captain would be sick. Uh, Yeah, going into this weekend. But in one of her press conferences, she had this to say about the course. She said, quote, I think the course is going to be a great test for the players. There are a ton of runoffs, Cody, to your point, where you can get short-sighted and have some tough up and downs. They also have set it up fairly long, which I I have also heard, uh, which I I like. So this is Stacy talking. I do see that being a big part of the test. I'm really interested to see how players play 18. It's a reachable par 5 if you can get it in the fairway, but then there's water left, so I think there's going to be drama, and I'm interested to see what strategy the players choose. That was Stacy Lewis about the golf course. I mean, this, this, this tournament, it'll be interesting. Like, what's the, what's the identity of this tournament now, Big right? Oil, like they're moving, they're, they're moving from a, you know, an established place where they've had it for years and years and years you know kind of a birdie fest desert golf people know what they're going to get out at mission hills versus this is a chance to kind of reset the personality of this golf tournament and what do you what do you want it to be about you know i think the 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 kpmg has been hey we want to be about classic venues and i think they're still kind of trying to figure out what they want the setup to be there but i think that'll be an interesting thing moving forward of, of, you know, how are they going to set this up? How are they going to differentiate it from, you know, rank and file uh, LPGA tour events? I think that's exactly right. I, I think it's a, actually like a tough spot that Chevron and, and the tournament organizers find themselves in because I, th- I think they have to like thread that needle between, hey, let's let's retain some of the history from – from Palm Springs, right? Uh, Cody, we've talked. They've they've created a pond where where you know the winner and presumably her caddy they can the lake, jump the lake that you were just talking about on eighteen. They dredged <laughs> That's right. it. Uh, lakes in Houston are very different from lakes in the desert. I Listen, know for I sure, know. but they dredged it out so if people want to take a little jump into whatever <laughs> the the pond's name is, they can. Yeah, 
are they going to call it Poppy's Pond? I, they, yeah, I don't think that I don't might think, be a little stolen valor there. Yeah, I think. But it could become whoever wins this week. Maybe it becomes their pond, right? Especially if they do jump in it. Ooh, That's Fossey's Pond. Yeah, I, I, I don't know the answer to that. But yeah, I think you're exactly right, TC. They're going to keep the champion's dinner tradition, as far as I know, which is which is cool. But hoping they can establish some of their own identity. And yeah, I've, I, I think the fairways, I, I think it's going to look really good on TV. That's my hope. Um, I, I'm told the membership is very excited to be hosting. Uh, again, this is the second year of a, of a six-year agreement between the Tour and Chevron. Um, but it'd be nice for this to really become a home and somewhere that they can get back to year after year. I hope there's a little bit of variety in the holes. I mean, like looking at the scorecard, it looks like there's just a bunch of like long par fours, long par threes, uh, just very stock, like par 72, <laughs> you know, Mr. Nicholas golf. Mr. There's not Nicholas. even like, like I don't even see a short, short par four on there at all. So I'm hoping they, they can take some license to, you know, do some, some things, move it around day to day. Cody, any other uh, intel that you've been able to gather? Well, what I'd say, Big, is that kind of what you were just mentioning is that you have a very excited membership that is always really, really good to hear. You have a, a title sponsor who is going into their second year of a six-year deal and is eager to invest money into the venue, which is awesome for this because I hope it's able to pick up, you know, bring some traditions but also make their own and I think the one thing that I was kind of worried about is that they actually have one of uh, uh, Dinosaur's daughter. She is actually on the, the transition committee that is part of the, you know, what Chevron has set up uh, moving the event to Houston to kind of make sure that the, the heart and soul of the event doesn't go to waste. So I think that was very, very positive to hear, at least for me. Uh and I hope this works because there's no better time to play, a, you know, a golf tournament in Texas than April. I mean, the weather's going to be perfect. It's not going to be scalding hot yet. Uh, it should show up very, very well on TV. Sounds like, you know, you can say what you want to say about, you know, Jack Nicholas and his designs, but hopefully they get a little bit of, of leniency on the setup there to make it exciting. And the one thing that I always like, you know, I hate making like comparisons here, but like this doesn't have to be like the women's masters, it like oh. at all. Like it just needs. I I hope the course, with knowing that they're going to be here for the next five years, like they continue to put the you know whatever changes they make are are right for the championship that they seem to be this happy and excited to continue to host. Yeah, I think that's that's certainly fair. I. You know, I they, they don't have to try to replicate being Augusta because that's a that's a fool's errand. I don't think any place is is ever gonna reach that level. So, but you know, when like the Houston Open used to be the week prior to the Masters, they did everything possible to try to match it up with that. So, yeah. I mean, they know how to grow grass. They know how to do everything right down there. I just I hope that that is the way it is this week. Well, let's uh by way of. Some some little tidbits, fun facts. Uh, there's a 5.1 million dollar purse this week, which is uh, 
healthy. It's not quite as high as the the U.S. Open, for instance, but a good purse. Certainly uh, lots of money up for grabs. I think what's really interesting or what was interesting about the A&A and Mission Hills out in Palm Springs was it was a really friendly venue. Uh, I shouldn't say friendly, but it just produced, it had a knack for producing first-time major winners. And, you know, the last five winners of what is now the Chevron, they were all winning their first major. Um, And then if you go back, it's like 10 out of the last 12 winners of this event have, this has been their first major championship. And not not gimmicky first-time major winners either. Like, you know, Jin Young Ko, Patty T, Jennifer Cupcho, like, you know, proper players. Proper players, yeah. I think, you know, maybe somebody like, I love her, but Pernilla Lindbergh might be uh, a, a kind of a, a one-and-done wild card. But, um, yeah, so I, I guess that's something to keep an eye on this week, whether, you know, this will still kind of favor those players looking – for their first major, or if it will turn into a course that, you know, hey, you, you, you need that major championship experience to be able to close. They, I thought this was cool. The tournament has introduced a $5,000 stipend for all players that miss the cut and with the stated purpose of just helping alleviate financial burdens associated with, you know, travel and lodging and everything week to week. I, I, I thought that was really cool. And there's going to be seven, um, or excuse me, I believe eight amateurs maybe in the field. The uh, This has always been a tournament that's been very generous, giving out spots to amateurs. So I think the highlight of that group is uh, you'll get to see Saki Baba. She'll be, yeah. she'll be competing. Rose Zhang will not be competing. And I think that is to do with uh, the Pac-12 is they're going to be just coming off of... Uh, their Pac-12 championship. So I think, unfortunately, maybe a little bit of a scheduling conflict with the... Uh, Got a with, couple other Pac-12ers in there, though. Amari Avery, Zoe Campos. Yeah, which I wasn't None quite sure. None of them sure. are in the running for uh, a little team championship here, though. Yeah, that I guess that's more just maybe my my guess as to why we're not seeing a Rosang, but I'm, I'm not sure of the official reason. Why. One thing on uh, Amari, a little, little rumor popped up. Uh, I got a DM. Somebody told me that they believe that she is going to turn professional at the end of this school year. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I don't know if it would surprise me. I think I think her, I mean, she's had a very good amateur career. I think it's been, I don't know if this is fair, but I think I maybe expected a little bit more, but uh, <laughs> that's a tough standard. Yeah. Yeah, I... Well, I kind of agree. I think the other thing is that maybe, I don't know if USC was maybe the right decision for her, but then again, it's like just this age group of, of women that are in college right now. They're just world beaters. Why are you down on USC? <laughs> My guy's Silverstein. Well, yeah, what you got against USC? Not, not against it at all. Just looking at, you know, when you look at the, the, the others who are on the team surrounding them and you look at like highly, how highly competitive – uh, the college game is right now. I just don't know if that maybe was the best decision for her. USC's up there with with the powerhouses in college golf. Listen, I, I understand what you're saying. 
What I am saying right now is that what I am told, there might be some issues going on at USC that is causing okay. some of, of, of these, again, rumors to say that she might be done. Interesting. Okay. Well, also in the field, uh, Isabella Fierro, who is a, she's at Old Miss now, but she was at Oklahoma State. And speaking of some issues in the program, uh, she was, she kind of transferred out amongst some, I think disagreements would would be the maybe the most politically correct way to say it with the with the coach there. But she'll be in the field. Um, and then the other one I really like, I actually liked her at Anwa, but she did not play well. Is this Isla Galitsky? She has dual citizenship between Thailand and Canada. Will be interesting to see what she eventually chooses to uh, to play under. But I, I have heard and read a lot of good things about her. That's an interesting combo. Right? You don't get many uh, dual Thai-Canadian citizens, I guess. And yeah. and honestly, Canadian women's golf, I, I think there's a real opportunity to kind of slide in behind Brooke Henderson as the next best Canadian golfer on the LPGA Tour. I, I think that's a wide-open competition. Whereas certainly much more competition amongst Thai women right now. Yeah, Canada had a good showing at the at the U.S. Women's Am last year. All right, boys, let's get into some prognostications. I I, I tasked each of us with a few different things. I'm going to start with I wanted you guys to think of three questions you want answered this weekend at the Chevron. And you can go any different direction. I, I'm fascinated to see what you guys came up with. Would you like me to lead to kick things off here? Please. Okay. All right. My first question that I would love, love to have answered this weekend at the Chevron, is Ataya Titicum ready to bust out? She is fourth in the Rolex rankings, finished her last three majors last year, all top 10. She's 20 years old. She's had a good start to 2023, three top 10s and, and four starts. Everybody expects the world of her. She is one of those players seeking her first major. So if that trend continues this week, she's certainly somebody to, to keep an eye on there. I think there's kind of a clear big three, if you will, in women's golf right now. And I think if I'm looking at who can really force that expansion into a big four, it's it's a tietiticum. So I, I, I want to know, is now the time? Is she ready to bust out? So just to be clear, your big three is, is who? I think it's the top of the Rolex rankings. I, re I really think it's Lydia, Jin Young-Ko, and, and Nelly right now. I, I think have kind of have separated themselves. Do you think Jin Young is deserved? I mean, she, you know, I know she's fallen off quite a bit. Do you think she's deserving of being in that right now? Well, certainly was a discussion at the end of 2022, but I think her win earlier this year portends to good things. She's had a couple of yeah. top tens along with that. So I'm hopeful and confident that She's kind of back to her old ways. She seems to be healthy. She had some wrist issues. So I, I, I think I'm comfortable kind of declaring her back and healthy and, and where she was. I would agree. I would agree. I just wanted to, to you know, force your hand there. I think she's got the, got the bona fides, got the resume to back that up. Yeah. So. Well, TC, hit us with one of your questions. 
Mine has to do with Brooke Henderson. I think Brooke Henderson, I'd like to see her raise her floor. And I think this is a tournament, uh, this is a course that would seem to fit her well. Talked about her a little bit on the front end of the episode. Just got a win. First first event out this season has kind of cooled off since. Um, playing well in, in Hawaii right now. We'll see how she does this weekend. But I don't know. She's 25. She's got two majors under her belt. But she's someone who I'd like to see join that big three. I think there's a few players who, like, I would put Minji Lee on the cusp of that, you know, big three turning into big four. You know, if Brooke goes on a run, she could do the same. And I think if, you know, if Lexi could could get out of her own way as far as short game goes, she, she's she got the ability to do that too. Uh, but I think those are kind of the ones that are, that are knocking on the door, that are in that conversation. But I just think Brooke needs, she seems to raise her floor, right? She's kind of feast or famine and, and very volatile game. I think that's a great point. I, I've, and honestly, I've never really thought about it that way in regards to to her performance, but I, I think you're exactly right. I, I'm trying to think, like, yeah, why why doesn't Brooke just naturally roll off the top of the tongue when I think of, you know, the, the best of the best in the women's game? And I think it is maybe just some of that variance, right? She's she's not just in the hunt maybe week after week. That's that's a good one, TC. I like that. Yeah, I mean, she's got she's, – she's 25, and, and she's won 20 times on the LPGA Tour. That's a – yeah, like – that is like that's a big time resume, and you know, but it's kind of been peaks and valleys, and I don't know, just just a uh, and she, and it's not like she's missing a bunch of cuts. I mean, in her career, she's had 178 cuts made out of 197 tournaments. <laughs> that's really good. So you know, and she's got plenty of top top fives, top tens, and majors outside of her wins. Like she's got six top fives, 14 top tens. Um, She's made thirty-eight of forty-one cuts in majors. Like she's, I, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure all of Canada right now is just screaming like Randy. This, what are, you're an idiot. And maybe it is. Maybe this is simply yeah. a me problem. Maybe she's just way better than I, I give her credit for, which I, I happily admit. She kind of reminds me. I'm stoked me. too. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I'm stoked too. To like she, she finished top ten at the Women's British last year. Or you know she was she was top she was T seven there last year she was T thirteen in twenty twenty one like she'd never really had much success at that event before that I think pretends well to you know playing a little bit more imaginative golf and and you know developing her game a little bit more but yeah I mean she's just she's just so rock solid I just want to see more you know like a higher floor and then more like you know more just major wins basically yeah. That's a good one. All right, Cody, what's uh, what's your first? Yeah, I'm going down the kind of the same path that TC went down here, and he actually mentioned her for a second. But we start the 2023 major calendar, and I think the biggest question for me is what golfer is Lexi Thompson going to be this year? I think <laughs> she we talk about her uh, enough as it is. She clearly is a phenomenal, phenomenal player. There are some mental demons She's coming off a miscut at the uh, drive-on championship at Superstition Mountain. She did not play in L.A. She's not playing in Hawaii. The only other tournament that she played prior to that was the Ladies Saudi International, where she had a T3. I'm just always excited. I think when you think of big events, you think of Lexi Thompson. 
you, you know, you're kind of just what you're saying about Brooke and, and why it doesn't naturally roll off. I think when you, on the opposite side of that, like Lexi is always a name that's going to be talked about. And I'm just very, very interested to see where her game is going to be at this year. Because, I mean, she's exciting to watch at the end of the day, no matter, you know, through heartbreaks and celebrations, I just am very, very interested to see what Lexi is going to show up. Is short grass a good thing or a bad thing for her around greens? Is it like a putt from everywhere thing? Where I would say like it's a very good thing. Uh, the issue that I have, I think, with what I've heard about Carlton Woods is that it's like some of these are like pretty severe runoffs, so I don't know if you can putt from everywhere. Okay. Not not good for our girl Anna Norquist if... Uh, <laughs> if but she will hurt. putt from everywhere. Uh, yeah, she, she like, will. She won't even attempt to shoot. Uh, yeah. Cody, I, I had I had the same question, so let me just piggyback that. I I I wrote down can Lexi Thompson close out a major? I and you said we talk about her a lot. Sometimes I think we don't talk about her enough just because of how fascinating she is. I mean, to to put it in context, Rory McElroy has won a major more recently than Lexi Thompson, which is incredible to me. She's had eleven, eleven top five finishes in majors since her last win. She had two last year. And I think what what makes it just so fascinating to watch, Cody, like you said, is she she's lost them in like every form and fashion, right? She's she's had leads and gagged them away. She's had like strong Sundays where she wasn't really in contention but played her way up up close to the top. But the common denominator has just been she has not been able to win a major since 2014, and it boggles the mind. I I, I think her being in contention is like as good as women's golf gets, just because of the you know uh, her history, the 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 struggle, the friction trying to close. Like it it is must watch golf. So. I kind of hope she's in position this weekend and and we get to watch that drama all over again. I mean, Big, she hasn't won a tournament since 2019. Oh, we, you got to throw ladies European tour events in there too. I she think, has won. Well, TC, I, I'm with you. I, I think how is a player as good as Lexi Thompson, how has she not won on the LPGA Tour in going on four years? It, it's unbelievable to me. Well, because she chokes a lot of them away. That, that's why. <laughs> Yeah. Hold on, Cody. What ladies? All right, she won she the won Ramco New York team last series. Year, I think. Okay. All right, the Bone Saw Team Series. <laughs> uh, all right. So that was kind of my. That was another question I had. TC, let's let's throw it back to you. Let's see here what I what, what I had next. There's one. I, so just course setup for me. Like I just want to. We talked about this earlier. I want to see how they set up the course. I want to see. Randy, you and Beth Ann have been back and forth about it a little bit. Just you know how long to set up the courses and and. You know, and be consistent round to round, mm-hmm. right? Like I think KPMG last year, they they kind of overcorrected, and there was all sorts of kind of yo-yoing back and forth between, <laughs> yeah. you know, setting it up, challenging, and then and then making an overcorrection. So, very curious to see kind of how they how they do that this week. Amen. I was kind of going down the same vein there as well as as how the course is going to be set up, but ultimately, how is Houston going to embrace it? What are the crowds going to be like? We know that you know a champion of the women's game, Stacey Lewis, is her hometown uh, club. There's other professionals that that 
are from Houston, play out of Houston, practice out of Houston, to include our own LC, Lauren Coughlin. So very, very excited to see how Houston embraces having a major championship in town. Yeah, that's top of my mind as well. That's a good one. The last question I had, guys, just bringing it back, whether whether you think they're the big three or not, I my last thing was who wins among Lydia Ko, Nelly Korda, and Jin Young Ko, who wins if all three are are kind of near their best, right? I, I think um, they've had unbelievable success week to week, but we really haven't gotten we, – we certainly haven't gotten a three-way duel in a major, and we really haven't gotten a duel between two of those in a major. And so I, I think it's it's an interesting question, right? Who's, who's best is best? And would be really fun if two of them are right in the hunt and we can kind of see a, a duel on Sunday. Yeah, I agree. That'd be, God, like a Jin Young Ko Nelly showdown would be legitimately fascinating. Yeah. I, who would you take? Let me ask you guys that. Amongst those three, I'll limit it to those three. I think it's kind of like a, it's a true standoff. I think I'm taking different ones among you know if they're two way duels. I think I'm taking, I think I'm taking Jin Young Ko over Nelly. I'm think I think I'm taking Nelly over Lydia down the stretch, but I think I'm taking Lydia over Jin Young. I love it. it's a true like rock paper <laughs> rock paper scissors yeah. situation. I love that. Cody, you have a strong thought there. No, I mean, they're all phenomenal. I would say probably at the end of the day, I I mean, it's got to be Nelly, right? At least it's Nelly for me. Uh, she's gone through a ton the last year. I think it's always interesting to see where her recovery is always at. I think we, we would, I would like to see her at the top uh, of the Rolex rankings. That's not taking anything about away from Lydia. And obviously want to see Lydia get the points that she needs in order to get in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Jin Yun is, is so freaking good. Like it truly is one of those things where like we could all just stand in a circle and, and throw a <laughs> tee up and be like, yep, that, I'm good with that too. Uh, but big, right. Like to see them actually like dueling it out or any, any of them really, uh, would be phenomenal. Yeah. I, I think, I think amongst those three, just selfishly, I, I want to see Nelly, you know, her, her major win at Atlanta Athletic Club was she was dueling with Lizette Salas and, and nothing against Lizette, but I, I want to see Nelly go win a major when she's kind of head-to-head or amongst uh, a crowded leaderboard of world-class players. That's that's what I hope for. So I will say that there's an added degree of difficulty winning a major against Lizette because she plays so slow. <laughs> I mean, Patrick Cantlay's taking strays from everywhere. I think Lizette needs to be in that same bucket. TC, I'd have been disappointed had you not mentioned that. <laughs> I, you know, you know, I have to. I'm contractually obligated. Exactly, to. exactly. Uh, all right. Any other questions? Yeah, I want to see. I want to see more stuff from the Japanese players. Mm. I think uh, you know. I want to see what Yuka's up to. I think she's you know, kind of burst onto the scene there at. At uh, Olympic, I want to see her, you know, rise back up to the challenge. She's had a couple good good finishes this year so far. A couple stinkers too. I want to see Saki Baba. I want to see, you know, there's there's all sorts of of interesting players that kind of keep keep bouncing around the leaderboard a little bit. You know, Shibuno. I love love watching her. <laughs> yeah, there's I don't know. There's just there's there's all sorts of 
fun Japanese players that seem to be popping up on leaderboards over the last three to six months. I, a lot of people are asking TC is can Yuka Sasso win a major under the Japanese flag? You know, she she may have cursed herself. She won the U.S. Open under the Philippines flag and then made the switch. That's true. Also, I mean, big week for NASA. That's true. In Houston, <laughs> yeah. right? I didn't. God, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> that might be the home I mean, game to end all home games. So, like that's you know, is it going to be too much pressure or is it going to be <laughs> an opportunity for her? You yeah. know. She's a good form, too. Yeah, I like that one. Cody, anything from you, or should we get to our uh, our winner draft? No, I think we can go to the draft. Real, real quick question. Who do you think will be the low quarter for the week? Oh, my gosh. Like, it has to be Nelly. I'll be so disappointed if it's not Nelly. Yeah, Jess seems to be playing decent golf, but, yeah, you know, I would think it'd be Nelly, right? Do you disagree? No, no. The reason why I ask that is is because I think both again, both of them injury wise and, and Jess kind of turning it around a little bit later. Clearly, like she's starting to play good golf again. And yeah. when you see Nelly like taking time off and Jess like continuing to put her game back in order and like crawling up these liter- leaderboards, like it's exciting to see. If I said, what about a uh, a hall hall showdown? <laughs> uh no bad choice, but I got God. I got to go with Charlie. Charlie being a major winner, just I, as I've said, huge fan of just Charlie's whole get down. I, I love it all. It seems like she does not give, uh, you know what about what anybody thinks, and I respect that. You know, he, like George is playing great golf right now, so my heart wants to say Charlie, but my head's saying saying Georgia. Yeah, I agree. I think Georgia, the the way that she's playing right now, like big, 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 I think expectations here coming into Chevron. And then lastly is Jennifer Cupshow. What's it going to be like defending at a different location? You know, it's, is it going to be weird uh, and kind of see what, what's going to happen for her this week? TC, I'm going to steal a line that, or maybe you can deliver this line, but your exact line from the Masters preview, talking about how Scotty goes back to back, it could be the worst thing to happen in golf. <laughs> I might apply that to Jennifer Cupcho this week. <laughs> if she goes back to back at this tournament, it could be the worst thing to happen in golf. Big, I think I think that that kind of brings us to our next segment because yeah, that's that's the one that I I just don't like watching her play golf. She's very talented. I can't figure her her resume out. You know, she didn't play great in the the other majors last year, um, besides the Chevron. So, yeah, I don't know. She's just it's like there's just it's joyless when you watch her play golf. You're intimating. I asked each of you guys what would be what would be the worst case scenario winner. Would that be your pick, TC? It would be Cup Show or Lexi for me. But, you know, those are those are both very selfish and personal. <laughs> I just don't like watching either of them play. Code Van, who would be your worst case scenario winner? Well, I was gonna say Cup Show, but I, I've, I understand your side of the Lexi argument. Uh, but I will also uh, counter that and say it could be the best thing. I would listen to Lexi being the best. I, I, I know my natural instinct was to maybe put Lexi in there, but the more I thought about it, I'd be like, no, I think it would actually be sweet for just the game and for her. Yeah, it'd be good uh, if she won. I, I this is gonna be really mean. 
And nothing against Stephanie Meadow. I, I essentially picked her name because she has not won a major. She's in the event. And she would just she she represents a winner that would just kind of be random and out of nowhere. And in my opinion, that would be kind of the worst case winner for this week. But that's not an indictment of anything her personally. I want to make that clear. Big I going back to the whole Brooke thing. I know you know, I know Nelly burst on the scene later on, kind of, but Nelly's 24 now. She's only won one major, and she has nine LPGA wins. I'm here for this, TC. I am here to listen to that argument. So I'm just – I don't know why you've thrown – she's got a ton of top tens in majors. She's got eight top tens in majors, four top fives. But I I just don't know why you're so hard on Brooke and you give Nelly a free pass when Brooke literally has twice the resume. Sure. I, I think I, I, I want to maybe defend myself and say I was hard on Brooke. I, I feel like <laughs> after she won the Evian last year, I had to apologize. And listen, she banked that second major, and I think that's that's a huge step in her career. Um, it will be a very necessary step for Nelly. I, I love the, you know, why do we – you know why do we gas up Nelly, but we don't? You know we don't talk about Brooke. I'm I'm here for that argument. I don't have a good answer for you. I'm guilty of it. I think prior to that second major win last year, I think Brooke was just somebody that was almost a victim of her own success. Right? She she came on the scene early. She's just been. She played a ton, right? So we would see her in like every event. And so it just becomes more noticeable, especially in the majors when when. You know she's she's not picking up that second major, but I can't say anything bad about Brooke now because I said once she gets that second major, I'll I'll leave her alone. That was a big step for me. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Nelly. I think Nelly's a great player, truly world class. It's just, it's more just like I'm just defending Brooke. Sure. Here, so uh, we haven't talked about any of the Swedes either. No, we haven't. Well, let's get into this because I, I think real, this. Hold on, hold okay. On. You guys right, can't have ahead, this Brooke conversation <laughs> versus Nelly and not give me a shot here. I think a lot of this has to do with things off the course and the way that that both players are marketed, because there's obviously a huge push from very big and powerful companies to make sure that Nelly is front and center, and every event that you go to and any publication that you pick up or anything else like that. It's gonna have it's gonna have Nelly because for some reason, even though like she's tall, but she they try to make her seem like the big powerful player, where Brooke just kind of doesn't go like that. You know, she she plays her game, she plays a very traditional, she's a scrappy player. And honestly, I think the Skechers endorsement is like is a major like negative factor for her. But she's got, you know, she's got RBC. She's got all sorts of sponsors. She's one of the longest players on tour. Like, Brooke, Brooke seems about as marketable as they come. If she loses the white belt, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of white belts out there. Uh, TC, I love how passionate you are for, for Brooke. Uh, let me just say that. Cody, I agree. I, th- I think a lot of the Nelly stuff is obviously we're, we're thirsting for the next great American golfer. TC, I think I think it's an interesting question. Something I hadn't considered. I, I think very valid. I, and I, I think Brooks Brooks got one of my favorite swings. I mean, Nelly's swing is great, but Brooks got one of my favorite swings in all of golf. 
I love her action. I love the way it's just so free flowing and and you know she she got persecuted on with the oh. with the the driver length yeah. restrictions, <laughs> which are disgusting. Like completely targeted for it. I mean, it, yeah. there's there's no reason for that. Uh, but I, I will say, I mean, it, it kind of works for both of their discussions. But major major club changes in the last year. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, like, driver-wise, TC, you're spot on with, like, the driver length change, like, was huge, huge for Brooke. She won her first start after the – maybe it helped her. I don't know. I just – whenever I go out to an LPGA event, she's the first player I go look for on the range. Like, I could watch her – like, even watching her hit wedges, it's just such a natural, languid motion. It's awesome. There's a lot of good swings out there, and it, it's hard. Uh, so you're telling me that you'd rather go watch her swing than, like, watch Patty's swing? Yeah. Like, Brooke's, like, literally my favorite swing on, on tour. It could be the highest praise I've ever heard you give out. That's I, incredible. Maybe. Okay. It's all subjective, but I, I, Randy. I, I would take Nelly's swing over Brooke, but that's just. I mean, is Nelly's more, like, graceful and aesthetically pleasing yeah but i just love everything about brooks swing the fact that like it's kind of homemade the fact that she owns it how it's just it's like a true athleticism to me all right guys i think this is a natural jumping in point to i i you know we got to pick winners but i didn't want to just be like okay well who do you like to win who do you like to win we we got to do it in a dumb draft style game because cody that's part of what we're 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 trying to do a lot of games this year yep. on our on our show so we're we're going to draft winner picks if you will i'm happy to concede the number 1 pick to either of you gentlemen i think we wow. all make 5 picks right so we'll have 15 names and then it'll give us something to track come uh well, come Friday at our live show, and then certainly come this weekend, uh, we can see whose group of five performed the best. So, T now are yes. you are you forfeiting the number one pick because you're trying to get the snake? Well, so two questions: Do we want to go snake style? Would be my first question, and my second question: How would you two like to decide who gets the first pick? It was TC's birthday last week, so I'll let him go. All right, TC gets <laughs> oh first pick. Gosh. I'll say this. Let's not go snake style. So TC, okay. you get the first, fourth, seventh, uh, et cetera. So we'll go okay. TC. Cody, do you want the second pick or the third pick? I'll, I'll give you the choice. I'll take the second pick. Okay, no reason not to take the third. All right, TC, you get the first pick for Chevron winner. Who are you taking? Okay. I am going to go with Jin Young Ko. I thought he was going to take Brooke. I thought this was the place to... <laughs> <laughs> to to back it up, but to back all that up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, bro. I don't know if Brooke. It's it's Bermuda. I'm assuming. I don't know if Brooke. You know, I'm um, I'm going Jin Young Ko. Very good select. Mine, Georgia Hall, all day long. Whoa. Wow. wow. Now, all right, and then for for future ones, Cody will then get the number one pick next time. Sure. Randy, I like two. That. I'll get three. Yeah, I like okay. that. Are you uh, writing this down, Biggie? I am. I am. Okay. Georgia, I think Georgia Hall is the shock of the draft. I'm I'm racing yeah. to the podium to select Dark Darko Darko Milicic <laughs> just got taken. You can't look at look at the form as of late. Oh no, I I I get it. For sure. I get it. Um I gotta take Nelly at number three. Happily select Nelly. Feels like Michael Jordan sitting there at, at number three for me. 
Well, there you go. Might be number one wow. in the Rolex ranking, but uh, she didn't get the number one pick. Lydia Ko. Wait, wait, no, we are doing no, snake. No, no, we're, we're not, not snake. Yeah, no, this is back to TC. Yeah. I, I, do it. Listen, Cody. Do I it. hate to do it to you. <laughs> I hate to do it to you. I'm gonna go with Lydia as well. Okay. Got Nelly just falling into Randy's lap here. I know huh? that was nice. Interesting ways we could go here, Code Man. Uh, what do we think of Patty Tavitanikit's recent run of success? Well, I mentioned that earlier. We're not back, but we're showing we're showing good form. Uh, man. God, there's somebody sitting there that I'm like, please don't draft her because I. Well, yeah, uh, give me give me the number four ranked God. player in the Rolex rankings. I uh, mean, she's on my she's on my list that I have. It's just, yeah, I. So I thought Nelly was going to be gone. So I had Titicum number one on my big board. Um, Cody, I think that's great value there at number five, number six pick for winner. I'm going to take – I'm going to be looking. She fits the mold of a first-time winner. She's played really well this year. Give me Lilia Vu. I knew you were going to go there. Very good pick, Big. And, Big, just to be clear, you took Nelly with your first pick? Yes. Okay. All right, so we got Jin Young Ko, Georgia, Nelly, Lydia, Ataya, and Lilia. Correct. Okay. Hmm. Big big selection here. I feel like this this kind of dictates the rest of the draft. I could go Minji. <laughs> I could go Lexi. I mean, this is, it kind of sets up exactly for the conversation you were just having, man. I gotta I gotta go Brooke. I was gonna say, there Brooke. you go. We gotta get you Brooke. I mean, the the fact that Brooke fell to me at at you know the the seventh pick is just insanity. Could be an indictment of her. Or maybe just it says the world rankings are correct. Yeah. I rode for her earlier. I'm going to ride for her again. Hoping for big things. Lexi Thompson. Okay. I think you could have got her later in the draft. You know I'm a hater. You know Randy's not super, super steep on her. Yeah. All right. Here's a uh, – I'm going to go off the board a little. I mean, it's not really going off the board, but we have not mentioned her name at all this show uh tc i know you think she's a killer i tend to agree with you i'm going with korea's huju kim coming off an mc an mc hammer out out in hawaii <laughs> yeah, that's right which means she just she got to texas earlier you know yeah let's see here all right round four first pick kind of lot a lot of different things but you know danielle kang's on the board celine's on the board Minji's still on the board. Minji's the one that, you know. Give me Minji. Yeah, I was going to say. Hasn't had a great 2023 by any stretch, but, man, she was so good last year. I think that's a good pick, TC. And and to be clear, Minji Lee, not Minji Park. Thank you for that clarification. You're welcome. Mr. Cody? Yep, I'm going to go with the uh, 14th ranked player currently danielle king i think the only thing that scared me with danielle was reading some of the stuff about how length will be at a premium but it's a good pick she certainly has been in good form i'm gonna take patty tavitanikit screw it i'm i, I want to believe i want to 
feel like she's back. Give me Patty T. Okay. Oh, man. I'm looking at Maya Stark, which is, you know, a little bit off the board here. Cupcho's still there. Leona McGuire's still there. NASA. I'm going to throw a curveball here. I don't know if I should do oh, this. Oh, I want you to go so deep. I want this to be a, a deep, deep I'm pull. going Megan Kang. Yeah. Ooh, Megan Kang. I think I think Megan Kang is is a is a surefire major winner here over the next two years. She's got a knack so. for playing really well in in tough events. She's got she's got some dog in her for sure. She played well last time they were in Houston as well, which I don't think is a too dissimilar of a golf course. Um, that was the U.S. Women's Open. Mm-hmm. All right, Cody, final pick for you. Yeah, I was going to throw something uh, completely curveballish out there and go with Andrea Lee. Unfortunately, form is just not backing that up at all. It's a big week in Houston. Some people call it Space City USA. Oh, yeah. We got to pay oh. our respects and go with a little NASA going on. Hell yeah. Yeah, she's just, she plays too well. She feels like another one that's, she's going to win a major at some point, it feels like. Certainly could be this week. I like that pick. That leaves some interesting names on the board, guys, for for Miss Irrelevant in our winner draft here. We have Leona McGuire. We have Yuka Sasso. We have Charlie Hall. Inji Chun is is somebody that was a force last year. Uh, Our young hitter, Madeline Sagstrom. I, I would love to think, you know, if it's a long track, maybe she could compete. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Yuka Sasso. Okay. Interesting. So just for the folks at home, TC has Jin Young Ko, Lydia Ko, Brooke Henderson, Minji Lee, and Megan Kang. God, that's a really good, <laughs> that's a really good group of golfers <laughs> there. And Megan Kang. Cody, you have Georgia Hall, Ataya Titicum, Lexi Thompson. Danielle Kang and NASA Hataoka feels very solid. And then my group is Nelly Korda, Lilia Vu, Hyuju Kim, Patty T, Yuka Sasso. Mine feels very boomer bust. It's, yeah, I was gonna say it's feast or famine for you, big. Now, are is this just is this winners only, or is this total total money earned this week? How are we doing? This? I, I think very, very special accommodation if if you have the winner, but then maybe we can have a little sub competition, total money earned. What happens if nobody has the winner? Then maybe that's Ooh. when we go to total money. Yeah. Earned. Okay. Okay, I like that. So if you get What's the winner, on the line, big uh, pride, uh, unless somebody's got a better idea. Uh, so we're gonna I'm be together also, in a couple weeks. Maybe we'll do a special dinner or something. Like yeah, that. we could. You know, okay. maybe a toast to the to the winner by the other two. I like that. I think we should uh, we should put some constraints on this in the future too, where you know two of your picks have to be outside the top thirty or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was thinking about you know, that. One of them like, has to be outside the top thirty, and one of them ooh, has to I be like, like a true wild card. Um, I, I like that. Just to just to introduce a little bit more volatility. In as well. Okay. We kept them pretty tight. Outside of like Patty T, yeah. like we're all pretty much as top 20 in the world. And Patty T, I feel like, is a special case. She, well, of course. 
All right, let's end it with yeah. this. Uh, we we kind of talked about our worst case scenario winner. Let's go around. Who would be your best case scenario winner? We'll get out on that. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, somebody that I didn't even pick. I, I, of course, mentioned earlier how great it would be to see Lexi start out this major year great. But honestly, coming off her win earlier this season, I think Lilia Vu, a win in hometown soil, would, would be awesome. Uh, and can you, continuing to see her stature just rise in the professional game. That's a good one. I'm going to go back to, to Brooke. I think Brooke entering the fray, uh, especially if Nelly continues to play well. Nellie can knock one off this year. Brooke knocks one off this year. Basically, what I want to see is I want to see a showdown between some of the best players. Yeah, amen to doesn't, that. doesn't matter who wins. I just want to see a showdown because I think the other one is I, I, I think Lynn Grant's going to win the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I think Lynn Grant's going to win everything once, <laughs> once the restrictions are lifted. Hell yeah. My heart says either of our young hitters in the field. Lauren and, and Madeline would be just a dream come true. It should set up well for Lauren. I know. Yeah, right? I know. Big driving contest. And I feel like, you know, too, I, if Madeline, you know, if Madeline is feeling it and it's playing long. Yeah. But I'll go with, for, for the wider game of golf, I, I think Patty T winning would be just phenomenal. I think she's a top three talent. She's been there. She's obviously had her issues, but for if, if she could kind of regain her form, submit it with a major win, uh, just makes all of women's golf that, that much better for the rest of the year. The big guy out there just speaking from his heart. Yeah. Well, guys, this was a ton of fun. I thank you. Uh, for the listeners, we are going to be doing a live show at the conclusion of Coverage Friday. So check it out Friday. We'll, we'll have that up on... Uh, you know, social media, you can watch it through YouTube uh, or on Twitter. So we're going to be doing a live show Friday at the conclusion of coverage. And then also or on our website. Oh, too, that's right. Millingup.com. Yeah, making big strides on the website. And then we are going to be live Sunday as well with, uh, with the Chevron being the big story uh, for our Sunday recap podcast. So we're going to be live Friday. We're going to be live Sunday. Some good TV windows. 11 to 3 p.m. Eastern on Golf Channel, both Thursday and Friday, and then 6 to 8 p.m. on Golf Channel, Thursday, Friday. And then uh, we're going to get a little NBC afternoon coverage on the weekend, both Saturday and Sunday, 4 to 6 Eastern, with, uh, with Golf Channel coverage prior to that. So should be a fun weekend, guys. Thank you very much. These are a blast to do, and can't wait to see whose team or whose winner comes out on top. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. 